This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Here we are. Regrets. I've had a few hundred. But then again... I've had even more. (laughs) They are too many. This podcast took us by surprise. Yeah, it's a boomerang one. It's a boomerang one. I get actually got very upset. Yeah, I do apologise, guys. No, Uh, don't apologise. I got caught out on this one. It's one of those funny little chats where you kind of have a sense it's going there and you're like, no, no, I'm there. And I was there. Yeah, we're talking about the regrets that we may have as a parent. And we didn't think that this was one that we could really go into because usually with these podcasts, we start them with our own childhood. Mm. And we didn't think that would be relevant to this. But, oh, my God, we got a surprise with that, didn't we? So, yeah, yeah great chat. So we'd love to know what you think of it as yeah. usual and, and, and what, it, what, what it might have brought up for you listening to it. So. Absolutely. And let's just hope you don't regret listening to this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending what time you are listening to us. Morning on the train, on the tube, on the bus. In the Probably street, just at home. <laughs> on your back, in the kitchen, <laughs> on the floor. Um, as we know, we've been in lockdown now for months and in many ways, Mark and I have been busier than we've ever been mm. with not enough time to think, if anything. But, um, but I know that a lot of people have used this time for introspection we've had moments of it haven't we <laughs> yeah probably mostly whilst doing this yeah yes thank god for this huh yeah, yeah. um and i think a lot of people because they've been spending a lot more time with their children have been thinking a lot more about their relationships and their parenting and you know from what i read from your messages that that, that we get uh so we thought it would be a good idea and actually again Something that, that I feel a little nervous about talking about. This is why these podcasts are so good, because we do tend to tuck away what we feel a bit nervous about, don't we, as humans? Let me think about that later. Hmm. And actually, sometimes by really looking at stuff and really going through it, you find you're not as worried as you thought you were. Anxiety is a strange beast. So we are talking today about the regrets we may have as parents. Well, Big yeah. When, small. Well, when we mentioned this last night, and then we we put a call out to a number of people on our on our Instagram, which uh, channels, which is Nadia Sawala and family, and Mark underscore Adderley. Once again, I was always I'm always overwhelmed and pleasantly surprised by mm. how uh, the comments that come in always open up avenues or lines mm. of thought or inquiry that. Yeah, you know, so regret. We decided we we're going to talk about regret. And I was thinking, well, I can think of some. I've had a few, to quote a famous <laughs> song. And I can think of many obvious ones in my life as a parent, which are very different to, to Nadia's. Um, I'm sure will be very different to Nadia's. And then there are those regrets as a dad and as a mum and all that kind of stuff. And then there, as, a, as ever, there were just a few that were great springboards. So I think in this episode, um, we'll have a chat, but I think we should sort of drip feed our listeners' comments in as we go, because I think they'll constantly keep re-snagging our 
surprise and interest mm. and thoughts and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But you already have. So yeah, just but when you, when you first said this last night, at first it was one of those subjects where I thought, regrets? What? That's a bit, it's one of those namby-pamby words that doesn't really mean anything. But everyone talks about regrets, don't they? Everyone, you know, there's like the age-old phrase, oh, you mustn't regret a thing because everything's mm. meant to be. And, and I oh, do say that about everything yeah, else, but not with my kids. Isn't that funny? Mm. So I think regret sits almost side by side. It's the bedfellow of parental guilt. Mm. Because I think, you know, all of our guilt as parents, most of our regrets as parents invariably lead to guilt. And the two are symbiotic. They sit next to each other. They they feed each other. They related to each other. And as I and then so since since we mentioned this as a topic last night, I spent most of last night thinking about it. Did you depress yourself? (laughs) Most of this morning thinking about it. And then I started to realise, oh, my God, of all the bloody topics, it's going to be one of those boomerang topics that side swipes me and, and surprises me because, actually, I spend most of my time, I realise, avoiding what I regret around... And I have to re- re-stress this. Obviously, we have two daughters, Maddie and Kiki, but I have a huge number of regrets around all four of my daughters, which is what I'm going to be talking about today. But you've hit on something straight away that I hadn't thought of when I realised that I never say regrets about... And and there's been huge opportunities that I've missed and terrible mistakes that I've made in my own personal life, but I don't regret any of them because it's where I am now. And yet, you you having just said that, it's made me think, well, why do I do that with my children? Because we are where we are now with our children and... You know, and I, and, I, and I adore them and I think they're amazing human beings. So when I talk, when now as we investigate what our regrets are, are they about what I wanted for me, my vision of being a mum? Or is it, or is my, am I living vicariously through them and I want them to be a bit different or I want them to be a bit more of this or a bit more of that? And that's that's a difficult thing as a parent, isn't it? Sort of, sort of, bravely disentangling where your ego and where you're wanting to see yourself in this other human that you've just yeah. happened to give birth to. Or, yeah, I mean, I think that, that's partly about your expectations for your children, whereas what we're going to talk about, I presume, mm-hmm. is about what we wish we'd done differently or what we wish we'd perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah, spent like more time are, doing. or The two or, are intrinsically or, or, entwined. Or the mistakes that we've made. So, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know where, it, where it starts. I mean... I know we often start with kind of talks about our young, our own childhoods and our own sort of early days, and and I don't really see how that kind of applies here, other than, I guess we could regret what our parents did. Well, do. I, no, I was about to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I think about my mother, I think she's an odd cookie, but I think she regrets not remembering virtually anything from my childhood. I think I would if I was my mum. I can see all the things I think my mum should regret. (laughs) I mean, I can really look at her and I can think of all the things that I would have and still to this day wish my father regretted. And that cuts me to the quick as soon as I say it. If I was either of my parents, I'd regret everything I'd done. But then here you are, an amazing human being. No, 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 but that's despite things. That's despite things, not because of things. But I think that's that's really. But I think that's a really important starting point because, I mean, my God, you know, I know the ins and outs of your childhood, and I agree. I think that they absolutely should, Um, but not everything. Not everything. Not everything that your mum did. Well, no. I mean, what I'm saying is, is that we're not. We're not to talk about regrets is to not talk about the things that were done right. 
To yeah, talk about regrets so. is yeah, to yeah, not go true. on about all the stuff that was going on. Yeah. I've talked about the how no, the out said... of, no, no, but I've talked about how out of neglect there was room to be creative. I've talked about how out of chaos there was a kind of, you know, a sort of hippie kind of wowness. I've done all of that. I've yeah, but no, but that. you haven't done that here. So I think no, 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 no. I get that. that. I get that. I mean, yes, of course, there are all those elements that, as a child, you can turn elements of of sort of insufficiency in your in your upbringing you can turn them to your advantage that's what kids do i think kids are incredibly resilient incredibly malleable incredibly um innovative without realizing they're innovative we can innovate as kids and make do with what we've got no and i and i do genuinely believe that so many elements of what i am are about the struggle or the the absence of things and how one's made up for it. Out of boredom came creativity. Out of loneliness came imagination. Uh, but also what came out of all those things were, were negatives anxiety too. And, and anxiety. Depression. Exactly, absolutely. Mm. So I recognise all of that. But when I actually look back to the nuts and bolts of how my parents parented me, and I'm not talking about my nan and granddad who did, did and I'm not saying this in a horrible way. I love my mum very much. But if I'm, if I'm going to be honest... She was too young. I regret personally... Mm every single step she made and every single step my father didn't make. Mm. I mean, I really do. I can't mm. pretend I didn't. I don't want to sugarcoat it. And I'm not saying you're saying that, but, you know, I recognise how I turned what, what happened into good. But she shouldn't have been a parent. She still says it to this day. I mean, this is the thing, listener. Uh, Nanny Dai yeah. agrees with all of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was very, very young, and I think she was she was immature. There's many people that would have been 21 that are fantastic yeah. mothers, yeah. but she was just extremely immature. She'd had a very cosseted, mm. very suffocating upbringing, hadn't she, by yeah. her mum. So she just wasn't ready to be a mum. Yeah, it was chaos. It yeah. was she, she was an addict, and it was chaos. And I think if um, she was to say anything about regret, and I think if she she was, and she wouldn't say this to me because she'd be wanted. She wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. But I think if she was, if she she was rigorously honest with herself to say a therapist or a shrink, which she would never do, because mm. um, she's too scared of it. And she's gone through all her own shit. You know, she's been through mm. her own shit. I'm not talking about the fact that whether this. Mm. I'm just talking about the experience I had of her. I'm not talking about the rights and wrongs of it. There are no rights and wrongs of it. It's her story, and I, I you know, I have huge compassion for the challenges that my mother went through as a child herself. Um, her biggest regret was becoming a mum. Mm. I know that, and I think that's really, really, really important to say mm. because. I know there will be somebody listening here today who that that may be the very thing that they regret and they don't know how to say that or come, oh, sweetheart. But she loves you very much in spite of that. She was just too young. She loves you very much, you know, in her own way. It's just so hard being a parent. It's so hard. It's so easy to think that it's going to be a solution. You know, so many... So many people have a child thinking it's going to be a solution, not realising that it's such a complicated thing. Not for everyone. For some people, it's the most natural and easy thing. I find it complicated. It's so complicated. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, so, it's you know, I recognise that and I appreciate the fact that although she wouldn't say it as bluntly as I've just said it, sorry, sorry, listeners. But sweetheart, um, she wouldn't not have you to no, regret no, 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 to have no, done no. it at such a young age and to have struck and, and therefore to have struggled so much. But she would, oh my God, there could be no, no worse thought for her to not have you. Trust me. 
I watch both of you. I know all the ups and downs. But I think I think that side of it, that side of it, is com- also compounded by the fact of the very sort of complicated, albeit it, it it often sounds uncomplicated, not knowing a parent. And I'm sure this will resonate for a number of parents out there, a single parents, number of kids out there who don't have both their parents. But you know, it's compounded when you feel that of your, uh, sorry, Sweetie. of your. Of the parent that's present is one thing, but if you if you if you're feeling that of the only parent that's present, and you're also you've also got mm. a great big smacking void, um, you know, I also know in having briefly met my father, there wasn't any great regret in him about. It's easy to say, well, I didn't, do, but the, you know, there was a, a profound lack of imagination. I recognise in both my parents, but they were also kids, so I've had to make my peace with that. But their lack, so I would probably say my father regrets having a child because if he hadn't regretted it, he'd have made more of an effort and he didn't. So that's two things that are really brutal and feel really harsh and I just get on with and just accept. But I know for a fact, sweetie, I know for a fact that there, you know, that fact or those two facts of probably both my parents regretting the fact they had me. I don't um, think you can say that as an ultimate. I think well, at the time when she was young and she wasn't ready to look after anybody else, yes, but mm. but you, that is not the case now. That is not no, the case. No, 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 it's not. But but you I still think, feel I, it so Yeah, keenly. absolutely. Yeah. But, I, but I think the reason it's kind of weird that we've gone this route, because I don't regret having any of my girls. I don't regret... I don't regret having them. I never, you know, I wanted children. I regret the circumstances in mm. which the situations developed for Izzy and Fleur. I regret them every minute of every day of my life. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a while. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, so I think in terms of <laughs> how funny, you know, saying not to go back to our child and then we actually go there. But I mean, I think, you know, regretting, I, th- I think, and in a weird way, in saying what I've just said, I think it's really important that there's a safe space for parents to be able to say yes. they regret. It is having a children. true, true, true taboo. Absolutely. And there aren't many left. No, no, you're right. You know, the mother that says, and, and over the years on Loose Women, we've had people come in anonymously and say, I, I, I regret it. I don't feel this overwhelming love. It's actually an absolute chore for me day to day and, and racked with guilt. Mm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to manage the next day. And I feel so sorry. I feel so... All I feel is such sorrow for a person going through that because that's so... must be so tough. Yeah. So tough. Yeah. And it's not that person's fault either, you know. Yeah. Children are never a solution for something else that's going on in you. (laughs) No, no. And, I mean, I think that's one of the issues with having children young. I mean... You know, I, I, reading through some of the comments that's and, come and can today. be for having them older. Well, I guess so. I, I, I don't think I it's. Guess so. I, I mean, you know, you know, I've met many people that have their children very young, and it's been the absolute making of them, and they've loved every second of it. And then people that have waited longer to have babies and just gone, oh my god, because that impact on your life when you've. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have Maddie till I was thirty-eight, Kiki till I was forty-two. Yes. You know, I'd had a whole lifetime of doing exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Not yeah. very well, I have to say. Life was chaotic. Well, yeah. I, I will say over and over that actually my children saved my life because the trajectory I was on was not a good one. Yes. So not that I had them to save my life because I didn't realise my life was a mess. No. But it was only when I had them that I realised that my life was an absolute mess. I remember walking when Maddie was really small and I decided to walk to the supermarket you know, it's what is it? A twenty-minute walk. Just thinking, oh, I'm going to take this walk, 
within minutes, just tears were streaming down my face, face as I felt this absolute panic about who I was. Yeah. I had this epiphany that I was this vacuous, shallow, decadent, indulgent person that had just hopped from one situation to another, just flitted, not building any real relationships, getting pissed half the time, being the the dilettante. The reason I use that word is that's what my headmaster said I was going to be. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, and I remember just sobbing and just this absolute panic, mm. absolute panic. The first real regret as a parent, because I was like, what am I going to show her? You know, I was a really bad friend at that time. I would I would have these very intense friendships and then I would retreat and retract and just and, and isolate, not pick up the phone to people because I didn't think people I was enough for people. I was a complete mess when I had Maddie. And I and that's that was my, I mean, that's my first regret as a mother that I can think of. My regret is who I was, who I was, you know presenting to this baby and I remember so I remember it so vividly I too went to bed last night after we'd said that this was what I was going to be on podcast and thought oh now what are I going oh do I regret not going to the mother's mother's meetings do I regret and I went right back to that like primal regret who was I what had I how had I decided to have this baby that was strapped around me I was you know she was in the papoose thing what was I going to show her? And I thought, I've got nothing to show her. Yeah. And I really made a decision then. It was one of my first decisions as a mother that I was going... It was, it's funny, because one of the first things I decided to do was to be the friend that I knew I could be, that I'd never allowed myself to be, because deep, deep down, I had this very low self-esteem, actually. Very low. When I met you, I, yeah. though I had this confidence mm. i had very low self-esteem that's why i used to fill the gaps yeah, yeah. with vodka and jack daniels you know mm. so i decided there and then that i had to build who i was and i didn't want to i was really really crying i remember the tears dropping on this baby's head thinking fuck how long have i got to build myself as a person yeah. soon she's going to be asking who i am and i'm not going to know <laughs> yeah. yeah well i think but i think what you described there is a really interesting dichotomy of being a parent because we do I mean if you could do such a thing you can't scientifically analyze this but if you could ask the question you know how many of us have children to fill some kind of gap much in the same way that we use substances and everything else to fill a gap in you know under the idea that this is going to be this is the missing link or this is the mm. piece of the jigsaw puzzle mm. that makes my life I mean let's not be around the bush a house a love a, a lovely relationship a dog a car you know I mean I'm being obviously very conventional there um, but you know those attributes, those, if you like, the social majority, status. The vast majority, the vast majority want that. Yeah, the vast majority want that. So what's what's hardwired into the very cultural concept of having a child is the idea that this is something you ought to have and this is something that will, mm. in a sense, mm. fix you. I mean, that's yes. how it's sold to us, really. Well, I didn't realise I didn't realise that. I no. thought my desire to have a child was pure yeah, yeah, yeah. and came from does. this and came from this deep maternal need that I'd always had. But when I just, you know, I've just sat there and said the trajectory mm. I was on was towards death. I think I would have died very young. I think I would have probably died at 45, 50. I think that's where I was going. So subconsciously, 
I what my pure I these thoughts weren't pure. I was yeah. like, this is the next part of my life now where I'm gonna be sensible and I'm yes. gonna be this. And that's why I still talk about that, don't I? I still talk about, you know, my eldest our eldest is seventeen. And sometimes I put the key in the door and I have to take a big breath and I have to walk through that door and I have to be the grown up that yeah. I've now decided that I now realise I had to be at thirty nine when yes. I had her, you know, thirty eight, thirty nine. But I think, again, going back to the word regret, regret, we've, so we've related it to guilt. <laughs> we've both shown how there's a sort of hard wire between who we think we are and what we are before we become parents and what's going to sort of almost mm. dictate the feelings of regret. And then there's that whole part of, I think, regret is always inextricably entwined with uh, things that haven't been done or a lack of things or things that, that absences. Uh, and so, I mean, I quite quickly, if I sort of hurtle through, I mean, I've been a parent since I was 23, so it's, it's 26 years now. And if I take myself back, obviously, obviously, and we've talked about it elsewhere, and I'm not going to get upset again, I promise, listener, though I might. <laughs> um, you know, the first regret was leaving. And it's interesting how when you make, when you, when I'm about to say the sentence I'm about to say, without this happening, all the other fruits of my life wouldn't have happened either. But my first acknowledged regret where I remember looking visually at a situation and a circumstance and an experience and a moment, which I deeply regret, was the moment that I, I split up with Izzy's mum. And, you know, it, it, it's burnt onto my soul, the image of Izzy at that time and me leaving the house at the time that I left the house and her not wanting me to. And all of the upset and all of the distress that was going on there. You Izzy not wanting Izzy you to. not wanting mm. me to leave, yeah. Um, and her, her asking me not to leave and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I regret... So the very thing I didn't want to do because I could I was so sort of upset and hurt by all the nonsense that had gone on with my own parentage and parenting, you know, the parent, my parents... Um, as it was playing out in front of me, I deeply regret the upset and the fact that my eldest daughter came from a broken home. Move quite quickly on to I regret that Fleur was born into a relationship that in no way was founded upon any sort of stability in order to have children. We shouldn't, you know, objectively, we shouldn't have had a child. Of course, we had a child and she's adorable. But that was, you know, my. I, I, I remember feeling like I'm in, you know, like regrets are often something you look back on your life and you go, oh, I regret that. And oh, I regret that. These are two crystallized moments in my life where at one and the same time as I was experiencing the experience of us having Fleur and experience, not because of Fleur, but because of the circumstances of the situation between me and Fleur's mom. And as I left Izzy's mum, I remember thinking, these are deeply, deeply regrettable moments in my life and these children's lives. And I've got no control over them now. They've gone, they've happened, they've passed. Um, and they changed the course of my life. I mean, they changed the course of my life as a parent. They changed the course of my life as a parent to Maddie and Kiki. And I think, you know, any family that's listening to this, you know, I think it's very easy to damn fathers that leave or whoever the absent parent is. And I get it, I get it. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the consequence of a father who made no effort to get in touch with me. But I also recognise, and I have forgiveness, even for my father and other fathers in this situation, because it's an extraordinarily painful thing. I could have taken, and I remember a lot of my friends at the time saying to me, why don't you just, just you can't cope with this. You can't manage this. You can't see these kids. And I'm talking about this because this is these are the regrets that I had for the first four, five, six years of my life as a parent. 
was I regretted not spending more time with them. I regretted not being able to see them more. I regret, you know, I regret so much of my behaviour at the time that it led to the breakdown of the relationships. I regret how chaos, chaotic my life was. And yet everything from the point that really the dream and going back to what we were just talking about there, how having kids is hardwired into us from a young age, I'd failed at the age of 25, 26 when I left Izzy's mum. I'd failed. I'd fucked it up. And whilst I can sit here now and say I regret it, I regretted it then, of course I don't regret it now insofar as I wouldn't have Maddie, I wouldn't have Kiki, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be alive. But all of the shit that happened in my life, I, I, have, no, I have no ambiguities about this. All of the carnage, the alcoholism went faster. I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened. So much other stuff went wrong in my life because I'd sh shot at birth, essentially, the dream. And then it felt like I got another gun out and did it again as the Fleur situation happened. So I was, like you, coursing for absolute... And in a weird way, and it's a deeply hard thing to say, and, I'm, you know, of course I started being a parent with it when Izzy was born into the world, but I only was really understood what being a parent was until Maddie and Kiki came into the world, fully, fully, because then I could also look at the damage and the upset that was caused for Izzy and the confusion that would be caused for Fleur and the general upset of all of that. So it's so hard to talk about regrets because, of course, regrets are swishing through that like a huge ingredient in this sort of big melting pot of stuff. And then at the same time, out, coming out of that, I would hope and I would like to think is, a, is an improving grown-up relationship, say, with Izzy and as she becomes an adult, a developing relationship with Fleur as she becomes an adult. And it's informed so much of how I parent Maddie and Kiki too. So, you know, it's a, it's a really hard one, the word regret. <laughs> when you're an absent dad. Because, of course, I regret so much. On a continual... Pro every day, I wish I'd spent more time with Izzy. Every time we had a holiday, I wish... I was always thinking, you know, if Izzy or Fleur wasn't there, I'd be thinking, you know, what am I not having? What didn't I go through? I feel, on a daily basis, the lack of, what I, of all those incidental details that I didn't have with Izzy and Fleur... I can, I'm, I'm bright enough and I've, I've done enough work on myself to be able to even see where that lack of a connection is there on a daily basis now because we just don't have that history. And I can see how it hurts them and it hurts me and it's regretful. It's regretful. You can be, you know, I can regret something and not think, oh, I want to go back and change it and live my life in purgatory. I can regret it. I regret the circumstances. I think we should do a whole podcast on being an absent dad. You mm. speak about it so beautifully and, and I, you know... Yeah, let's do a whole conversation on mm. being an absent dad. But sorry, I mean, I, didn't I think, mean to I think, I think, there. no, I don't think you did. I think it's really moving, and I think that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've spoken about this before. That I, before I met you, I was extremely sexist in my attitude towards the absent dad. I mm. was all about what a mother feels, and you know, somebody splits up and the father walks away, and that's it. And having seen over the years the pain that you've gone through, I am, you know, oh my god, I have changed my attitude so much to that. And I think the law is an ass in the way that it often deals with absent dad. So let's do another conversation mm. about that because I think there's a lot to talk about. I mean, I and I'd love for people. 
to write in with their experiences of that. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, really I suppose good. the reason I've, I've talked about that is that, that those are my biggest regrets because then, of yeah, course, there's the because those are the regrets. fundamentals. Yeah. Those are the those are very important. Those are the building blocks yes. of you as a parent. So yeah. you can't skip by those. Um, and in a way, my my epiphany whilst walking to Sainsbury's, swinging this poor baby crying onto her head, was the building blocks of of the growth that I've had to have as a parent because I was that really stupid. Oh, I'm having another baby. And then I'm going to teach them everything. And oh, <laughs> shut up. You don't know anything. <laughs> you know, like Alan fuck Sugar, all. Then. <laughs> you know, they're going to be teaching you everything you need to know. Yeah, mm. you're going to teach them how to, you know, brush their teeth and da-da-da and maybe some of their math problems, though not many. <laughs> but actually they're going to teach you a whole load of stuff about yourself because it's being a parent is having this terrifying mirror held up to you all the bloody time. And that is what is so exhausting about being a parent. Uh-huh. Why don't we move on to what people have said? Because I think from each one of these, yeah. we're going to go into well, our and regrets. Also, and also, I think it's really important at this point. That's, in a sense, what we've talked about is the, is the build-up to us being parents together. Because I think the regrets we have around our girls, I made a note of a few of them, and, and, and they're very specific. I mean, I have some very specific regrets about what we've done with our girls. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a bit <laughs> worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. Yeah, we've got some uh, comments here uh, on our social media. And a lot of the comments really do pivot around Mm. younger age quite Mm. a bit. I think there's a feeling that when they get to teens, there's only so much you can do because, you know, a teen doesn't want to be with you. Doesn't want to, you no, know, but when you but when you're looking at your teen, you go back to where you well, might have gone wrong as a baby. That's why yeah. <laughs> you're constantly trying to identify is this behaviour because of something I regret not doing. Uh, so um, I'll read out people's names. So Susie Gilly says, not appreciating them as babies and wishing for the next stage. Mm. It went by so fast. Yeah, because when you're so exhausted, it's like when right from when you're pregnant. It's like when pregnant women say to me, and it's their first baby, and they say, "Oh, I'm just getting really annoyed now. I just want her to come." And I would say, "Just rest." Yeah. Just rest. She will come. He will come. Yeah. Now just rest. And that's the very beginning of moving on. You know, early stages when you're so tired and you just want to get to the point where they're not in the bed when you yes. want to get them to the bed. With them. And, and that's what... But you can't relive that. No. At that time when you were on your knees with exhaustion... All you were going to do or can do is wish them to the next stage. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fun, just isn't it? human nature. So I get it when women say that, but I've wrestled with that and I've gone, no, there was no other way. But there's always a different stage that you're wanting to get past. There's always problems relating to each stage that you mm. think, oh, I can't wait till we get to that. I mean, the biggest surprise of my life is assuming that you know, once your kids get into their twenties, the problems stop. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if I what? had, if I had a regret. At that stage, it was that I was a very free sort of feed them whenever they want, you know, breastfeeding half the night, all of that. I wish I had got into more of a routine, but that's my greatest regret as a, on the practical side of being a parent. Because of my ADHD, because of my dyslexic traits, because of whatever, I have a huge, I literally cannot organize and routine in lots of some things I can and I think my children would have had an easier path if I'd been able to do that and and that's so that's one of my regrets from being a baby and if I'd started on the right foot I also 
right from babies. I'm not going to read any books. I'm not going to read any baby books. It's all instincts. Bollocks. I wish I had read some of those wow. books. Not not stuck to them slavishly, because I think that can be a whole different kind of hammer on your head. But there was stuff for me to but learn, what, I, and I didn't, and I thought I was too arrogant to, to notice Well, that. I can't remember who said it, but someone has mentioned the fact that they regret only reading too many manuals and not going with their instinct. Right. So I, I needed to be somewhere in the middle yeah. of that. I think I think we're always looking for black and white, aren't we? You know, just yeah. one way or the other. When actually we just need to find sometimes a middle ground. Whenever I mean, I'm not saying this about you, but whenever someone says to me, you know, oh, I, if I say, oh, I really regret that or I regret this, and there are many things I regret in parenting, and in most walks of life, I regret things in business, I regret things, you know, I literally want to rugby tackle them and throttle them into, to, to within an inch of their life because it's like... It's a bit extreme. Well, it's not extreme. <laughs> because it's one of those trite phrases, you shouldn't regret a thing. It's like, oh, well, I see when unless you're a that. fucking psychopath, I think regret shows a deeply, a deep willingness to kind of be, to do an audit on yourself mm. and kind of go, mm. I think, I think you shouldn't regret. I don't believe in the word shouldn't anyway, because whatever we feel and think is what we feel and think. But I think, I think you, regret can be a positive, um, it can be a catalyst for change. Yeah, maybe, yeah, or it can be something that you beat yourself with. And that is utterly pointless. That's a good point. So there's all got almost <laughs> a word that we need between regret and something else. We need to think about Well, there needs to be words. more choice with it because I think the word regret automatically means... sort of connotes sort of uh, negativity. Connotes. And connotates. Yeah, connotes. Is that a word? It's connotes. the same. Yeah, it connotes. Well, I like yeah. that word. Connotes. Um, you know, something that's negative. Whereas, as you say, it can be something that can be turned into a positive. Uh, Grace Kelly says, I Ooh. regret allowing my daughter to quit on activities like oh, swimming and God. horse riding as soon as it gets tough. Well, there's one for us. No, because she actually carried on. We did yeah. there's there's more of no, that. No, she no. actually then said, and now that has that has transferred to her as a young adult mm. because she 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 gives up on everything. Well, this is this is a huge dilemma for yeah. parents, isn't it? Is how far do you push your children beyond the comfort zone? I mean, I remember lying my teeth out to be able to avoid playing rugby. I loved sport. I loved football. I loved cricket. I fucking hated rugby. I wasn't mm. going to pitch and get smashed up to pieces. Mm. He, my teacher it forced me to go on to it. And I just remember lying on the floor at home as a kind of young teenage boy and saying to mum, do not let him do this. You have to tell him I have a disease. You have to tell him <laughs> I have something fucking wrong with me because I am rugby not... Rugby-itis. Yeah, it got me to do one bloody rugby match. Obviously, I scored three tries because I was so shit scared I was running away from the huge kid on the pitch and I was good and then he wanted me what but the point is you know when do you should you stop a child from doing stuff or allow a child to pull up it is really difficult because oh my god and this is one of my biggest biggest I don't know how to feel about this I think the problem with forcing a child over and over again to go to something they really hate is they then become reluctant to tell you they want to try something in case you force them to go regardless as to whether they like it or not. Right. I think, I mean, when I think of all the things that I've started and stopped because, oh, I think I might like to do this. Oh, no, actually, no, I don't. And I think children are trying to find their thing. And actually, um, we have let, I think we have let Kiki give up stuff. Mm. Um, and we've had a lot of worry about that. And I've had a lot of regret and fear and worry about it. But I'm starting to change with that now because 
Kiki is a very, very shy child. She is a shy child. She's an introverted extrovert. And what we would have had to do to make her to continue with something she didn't want to, we would have had to drag her in screaming and crying. And then we would have had to bolt the door and we would have had to sit outside the door. Would have been torture. Now, a lot, I have had many times because other parents have said to me, well, that's what you should have done. And I've, and I thought, should we have done that? Should we have done that? But now here we are and Kiki is 12 and she's really settled into her rhythm. She's found her thing and her thing is art. And that's what she loves beyond anything else. She will say, can I have a day of doing art? What, what, what 12 year old goes away for an entire day and works on something? All the different things that we tried to do with exercise, she hated. She hated. I hated. I hated sport. I bloody hated it. But what she's done is she's found, and I try to find things on YouTube and all these different kinds of people for her to do exercise. No, she has eventually found the girl that she likes, that she does her hit exercise with every single day. We never have to tell her. And sometimes if she misses it in the morning, she comes and says, is it all right if I go up so and So she found yeah. her way. Yeah. It's hard for me because it's not. It's still not the way that I wanted because she's got an incredibly athletic body. I'd love her to be dancing. Mm. I'd love her to be, I think she'd be a great hockey player, netball mm. player, whatever. But she just doesn't like that team thing. Mm. And mm. neither did I as a child. So, yes... Yes and no. And Maddie, you know, we could also say we've let her give up stuff. But look when she found her thing, which mm. is music and drama. Nothing has stopped her. And, and, and in fact, with the early, with the, um, this drama group came up, um, my eldest sister recommended this drama group. And I remember we just had a few days before Maddie had to go and she was really reluctant to go. And we were like, no, come on, you know, it, it, it says really good. And she didn't want to go. And then the first term, she would kept being feeling a bit sick, didn't she, on Saturday? But she never said every Saturday, oh, I don't know, I feel no. a bit dark, I feel a bit sick. But she never said, I don't want to go. I categorically don't want to go. But we were waiting for it, weren't mm. we? And then she stuck with it. She stuck with it. Anyway, out of that, her life is everything yeah. came from that group, everything. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But she's got this amazing friendship group. Yeah. She's she she's in all these productions. It's been incredible for her. But she what we did was we kind of held her a bit. Mm. We knew she was hating it. But we, I think we just kind of just like pushed it ever in ever such a small way. Yeah. Now, what if she had said, "I don't want to go there anymore"? We probably would have said, "You don't have to." What a mistake that would have been. Well, yeah, so we've got the two options here, and it's like it's really difficult. But I think, really I think again, it goes back to this thing that you often say: that you have to kind of trust some, some. You know, sometimes you have to trust that you're making decisions in the moment, and that those moments you're reading it correctly mm. you know you can't uh, what i'm trying to say is really it's hard thing. it's a hard thing to describe yeah. yeah you can't just say yeah you're right one size fits all that there's this one approach to everything yeah. they do because everything they do isn't the same yeah. everything they do doesn't happen in the same circumstances yeah. nor with the same people nor with them in the same frame of mind when they go in yeah. to do it nor with the same passion so for example a small example of that was when she was younger and she used to play the trumpet and we were so bloody slavishly proud attached proud but also slavishly attached to the idea that she needed to continue this and continue this and there is that sort of rigidity isn't there with musical instruments you've got to take this to stage whatever it is you've got to get to level and and, and it's like well, hang on a minute it, it was one of our sort of turning points in a weird way I was writing about it the other day re-homeschooling was that hang on a minute 
What the trumpet's given her is a love of jazz. I introduced her to yeah. Miles Davis. When she got to Miles J- Davis, she got used to a jazz sound. With the jazz sound came Nina Simone. With Nina Simone came Dinah Washington. But what happened was she did stick slavery to it because precisely. we made her, but then she got her braces and she couldn't carry yeah, yeah. on. And at the point she and gave then, up, it was right. And then she said, I had never, I had never liked, I, you know, I, no, I'd got to a point where I didn't want to do it. But, and we were mortified. Yeah. We saw this as, just in case somebody's worrying about it, we saw this as such a massive failure. And yet here she is now yeah. she's found her instrument and it's the guitar and truly and her, her instrument is her voice but the other great thing is, is we will never you can never unpack the dna no. factors no. of what that trumpet yeah. did do to get her there it was, yeah. a, it was a gateway instrument yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean and and guys never forget that out of boredom can oh, come yeah. so sometimes so kelly when you say oh, your your child you know gives up on everything now she might get really bored and she might start to think yeah. about what she does want to do. And all those those moments that she had with things might influence yeah. the next thing she does. And the other thing to really bear in mind here, guys, is that, you know, I saw that you mentioned swimming and horse riding. There is a kind of hit list of parental things <laughs> yeah. to tick off. And those are two of them. Oh my horse God. riding, uh, swimming. I know. wish my children could dive, yeah. ski, horse ride, yeah. water ski. <laughs> and I promise you, I bet very few parents listening to this would be over the moon if their kids said, I want to code. Whereas, you know, you've got, to be, you've got to be willing to ride, you know, kids want to do different shit. It's yeah. like when I was playing computer games as a kid, it wasn't just mindless. And, and it is, there's a lot of problems. We did Spider-Man the other day. They were having to solve scientific problems in a game. You yeah. couldn't have done it. No, no you know, way. So, you know, I couldn't do it. Okay, Clarell78, time, time. Constantly feel like I've wasted it. Work, life, balance. I think this is oh, a very common Very one. big one. Very common, yeah. but non, mm. nonetheless real. And I do remember talking <coughs> to a very dear friend of mine once. I won't name him, but I'm, I, I've tried to make contact with him recently. And I remember him vividly saying, and he was a good 10 years older than me, and this was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. He said, I regret not having spent more time with my teenage son. And I remember thinking, God, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I remember him, and I think I said that to him, and he looked at me and he said, it's not about allowing it to happen. He said, it just happens. He said, you know, we are all having to work. One thing I don't regret is that we have spent an enormous amount of time with our children. And I have many other regrets and I have many other things I beat myself with, but that... When they were younger, oh, God, yes. Well, I regret, I regret it. Younger, oh, yeah. God, when they were younger. Yeah, it was really hard. Yeah. But we've all got to give ourselves a break. We live in an ex- in a country, an incredibly expensive country. We are battered with tax and this tax and that tax. Food is astronomical. Mm. The price of rent and mortgage and mm. everything. We live in a country that does not give us space to spend that time with our children Very when true. they're small. We have appalling childcare. You know, it, it's 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 really really mm. difficult. So I think when we're feeling that ache. I think the really important thing and what's been brilliant for me in lockdown is that I have had space to be silly with my kids, which I haven't had. And it's never too late. And they're starting to respond to me sometimes being silly. And you can get those stages back. You can. And I'm forcing them to cuddle me more. And I'm forcing them to kiss me more. And don't feel like, don't let the gap grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Just take that time. Be softer with them. Put your phone down when they start to talk to you and look at them and Mm. really listen to them. You can get that time it's a different time mm. but you can so that regret you can't what we were talking about earlier Mark, we were saying how can we make regret a positive thing mm. take it and think about how you can maybe expand on it to make something that you'll that, that that now you can 
it feels very rich to me this time with my girls because I am because I am taking a different sort of time with them. I say, shall we have a talk? Shall we sit down? How is it going? I remember the names of their friends. I remember what's going on with their friends. I ask them the detail of their friends. I remember I always mm. used to do that with Izzy. Izzy would come round, Mark's eldest, and I hadn't seen her for weeks. And we'd sit down and she would be absolutely aghast that I would remember every single yeah. name of all her friends no, and what had happened. I didn't. And that was... Yeah, but you did lots of other yeah, stuff no, no, with no, them. No, no. No, but, but that was an extraordinary amount yeah. of time. Yeah. And so you can get that back that time. It's not going to be same goo goo gaga when they're toddlers and you're <laughs> running around with them. But it's very rich yeah. and the ground is there and you can sow the seeds and it's never too late. Very true. Um, Sarah J. Farmer, I wish I'd cared less what other people thought and done more of what I thought was best. Ooh. That's a very good one. I mean, that for me, uh, you know, we're thinking a lot at the moment for a good reason about the kids' experiences of school. Um, be going to, you know, they both went to a fee-paying school. I regret that. And I, if I, I was going to say, one of the questions I wanted to ask ourselves, what is your one single biggest regret that they went girls? to private school? So is mine. Yeah. That's my biggest biggest yeah. parenting regret. Which they'd regret. gone to the state school. Which they'd either gone to the state school and, and, and we'd have just helped them through that. But it's my biggest regret because... I just, on the one hand, can't, I don't think we'll ever fully analyse the damage that did or or be able to know. And that's one of the deep problems with regrets and decisions we make as parents mm. as a whole. You've got, there's, here's the thing. I used to, I don't know if anyone else knows these books, but part of our homeschooling with the girls, do you remember I used to get those books, which were, you'd read read a page, you'd go to, you'd be given three choices of pages to go to. And I loved these books when I was a kid, when I was 11, and I introduced them to Kiki and Maddie at a certain point in the homeschooling. I was, I was writing about this the other day. And I thought, Oh, my God, those books, the reason I liked them was they allowed you to imaginatively go the other route and see mm. what happened. And then you could scroll back and go the route you really wanted to go. And if if there's one thing I'd invent, it would be the ability to be able to fully pursue two choices for your children mm. and be able to retreat back mm. to the junction yeah, and make the right choice. Moments where I mean, we it's just, the biggest moments where we're at regret. the crossways and we just go, OK, I'm going to go right, yeah. let's just close our eyes and hope it's OK. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the decision, even though it's one of our biggest regrets, the decision to send them to school is also going to be the thing, like with me, it was the negative in their lives that will fuel so many of the positives. Um, but I worried all the time there what the parents thought of us. Did you? Mm. All the time. I spent too much of my life worrying what other parents think about my parenting. Yeah. Uh, Anon, this is from an anonymous. The constant guilt that I'm not enough for my children since my husband left. Oh, oh that is heartbreaking. Oh, I cannot even imagine what that's like because I, my my hat goes off, my, my heart goes out to single parents. It's incredibly difficult to be in an echo chamber with your parenting, isn't it? Because there's nothing worse than an echo chamber because usually your own voice comes yes. back and tells you you're shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that it must be It would be lovely so to be in an echo chamber where your own voice comes back telling you you're great. Fantastic. Well, some I mean, people some are people like that. Some people have that. Trump has that, doesn't he? Um, Shalami, 73. Well, I was too young and way too impatient and selfish. I feel so sad now when I look back. Well, but refer back to what I just said earlier. You know, you can, it is never too late to to build, to fuse, you know, make new neurons in your relationship, to, to, to forge new pathways. That's what we tend to do. Oh, I've got so distant. And we quite often on lives, don't we, Mark, on our YouTube lives, we'll have young people message us in and say, what do I do? I'm what 
I wish mm. I could talk more with my mum. I wish I had more of a relationship. I wish, I, and I think, oh my God, I bet your mum is thinking exactly the same thing. And one of you's got to take that step. Mm. And it's never too late to have a conversation with your child. Mm. You know, maybe you've set yourself up to be the, the person that knows everything. You know what? It's very empowering when you say to your child, do you know what? I don't know any, everything. I've made some mistakes and I'd really, really like to do something about that. And I wish we could just have, mm. oh my God, you have no idea. It might not work straight away. They might not just fling their arms around you straight off and say, oh God, I feel the same. But it might be the start. So a seed of it something different. might be the start, different. but I think for some parents out there, it's not that simple. I mean, I do remember thinking when my mum didn't know the answers to things and I was just a brutal teenage boy with a mum who, who I was a bit pissed off with. I remember thinking, you're shit, aren't you? <laughs> just moved on. It's like, all right, don't you know nothing? All right, you're shit. And I, you know, but, okay, the, well, in the simplest terms, saying I feel like I've made a bit, some mistakes yeah, no, with the absolutely. way that I've been with you, yeah. they might go up off to begin with. But if you keep with that with that mm. tone and like and really, really letting them believe that you would like to for the next however many decades you're going to have this relationship, mm. have a bit of a, a shift mm. like you would in a marriage or anything yeah. else or in a friendship. Why do we feel like we can't do that with no, our children? No, no, absolutely. Why do we feel like I started with my left foot, so I've got to go with my left foot all the way? You yeah. don't. You well, don't. I think it's a really important lesson. I, d I posted something about this on Instagram the other week. Um, I think it's really important to show your kids that you know when you have made mistakes or yeah. you're willing to accept. Yeah. It doesn't mean you, to admit um, you're, you've made a mistake as a parent is not to relinquish your sort of, not authority i hate that word but you're the sense that you're their guardian or yeah. that you're, you're suggesting the right yeah. part of showing the right path in life can be in showing them that you've taken the wrong path sometimes exactly and, and then and then you're teaching them a great lesson yeah. in life which is it's okay to say i fucked up a bit here yeah. sorry i'd like to try again yeah. if only more human beings could do that we'd have a much better world and i think i'd like just like to say quickly the, the last comment just said something about being too young look i think what you said earlier nadia was really key you know whether you're a parent who became a parent young or slightly older in your 40s there are there are mitigating circumstances to each end of the spectrum that will make each end of the spectrum feel differently about whether they've given enough time got enough time were too selfish or not selfish enough so you know how about how about um, writing how about writing writing a letter to your child and saying some of that not not like not too much not too emotional not too effusive so they feel a burden of your emotion mm. but just because you don't want to make them feel insecure yeah. but if you just wrote a really positive letter saying you know when I look back I feel that I was a bit young I feel I might have done that I would really like to da, 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 quite empowered mm. you never know what you might get back um, this is a funny one This I pulled this one oh, from Christa, Christopher really regular um, yeah. follower of not ours. Not playing enough. And a big one here, not not restricting screens for long now, enough. Now, Krista, I'm going to say something to you. When I read your message here, I, <laughs> this is an awful thing to say because you always come across so organised. You're a teacher, aren't you? You always come across so organised. And I always imagine you as like the perfect mum that's done everything brilliant and probably even wouldn't have let your child have screen time. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually, I had a bit of a few moment there. You know what? We have these screens. They are part of our lives now. I think we all spend a bit too much time regretting this. This is the future. This is the way. It's like saying I regret giving them a pen and pencil. Mm. I regret giving them a Monopoly board. Mm. It is what, it is the way of the world. I think things have changed. I think what we yeah. also have to accept, we have to get a little bit, uh, two things there, Chris, that I think are really sweet. Alongside the swimming and horse riding that are the conventional things we all think our kids should do and wonder why they don't want to do them, probably because we all want them to all do it. Uh, of course, swimming is a crucial skill. Um, 
the other one is, is that we all, I think, all parents at some point think, I wish I played more board games with the kids. Yeah, um, and, and I think most kids would turn around and go, yeah, but the thing, the reason they're called board games is because they're fucking well, boring. actually, Mark, come on, let's have a bit of an honesty moment here. Every time you play a board game, our board game, our girls love it. No, 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 it's true. And I think, but I, and I think... And we only ever play them on, on holiday. holiday. And yeah. then we always say, when we get back, we're going to yeah. play board and games we don't again. Do it. And Kiki just has given up now. I see her just, her, her shoulders slump because she knows that's not true. And I feel awful about it. Well, yeah, so board games is and one of the big things. But, but there is also, but to just let all these parents off the hook who can't afford board games or don't have board games or feel that a board game and the time to play it isn't quite right, or maybe you're just, a, it's just, you're an only parent with an only child. It's very hard to get excited, just the two of you. Um, you know, playfulness and play can happen in many other different but ways. Can I just say one thing? I think we forget to regret for ourselves that we didn't play. Because, oh, God, I've got to play. Yeah. Actually, if you get into it and you play yourself, like when we do play board games and I just get silly and I really enjoy I forget that I enjoy it as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, tend yeah. to think of it as a task rather than then we can all play again. I think again. parents need to often, I mean, we, we, don't, we don't struggle with this at all, but I think parents really need to, when kids see you get in touch with the kid inside, they might be a bit cringe for a little bit, but they really bloody like it. They love it. I don't think we've got time to do many more, but I'd no. really like to do Claire uh, 7979's response. Um, that I'm not more calm and understanding. Oh, there was somebody there that said not homeschooling. Um, not calm and understanding. Um, I think. I think the important thing here is with this one is you can't be that with your child unless you are that with yourself. And... When you're kinder to yourself, you can be kinder to your child. So start with, and this is not coming from a woman who does this all perfectly at all. This is coming from a woman who struggles In a minute, you're going to get incense out and say namaste. Daily, (laughs) daily. I'm like, when I I feel like a rage or I feel like anger rising in me, I just say, come on. What is that about? Da, 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 da. And sometimes we can just get really, because we're irritated with ourselves and we're stressed and we're multitasking and the kids are just look like they're just being lazy and they're not just naturally helping you. And da, da, da. And it's really easy to find your irritation growing in yourself and then to spurt it out. And the thing is, that's okay sometimes to do that as a parent. That's what you're supposed to do as a parent. But I think when you can take time out for yourself, like me, I've really got into, you know, just having a bit of time in the morning to just calm myself down and understand a bit where I'm, why I'm feeling what I'm feeling and where I'm feeling a bit anxious. And it, and it really helps to settle you. And then if you can settle yourself a bit, remember I'm 55. I should be, should have been bloody doing this 20 years ago. Um, I feel like I'm more settled with everyone. And I think that's the starting point. How kind are you being to yourself? How much are you settling and being understanding of yourself first? Maybe you're being really hard on yourself and maybe that's why you're being harder on your kids than you want to be. Um, so. I just wanted to share this last one here. Somebody just said that they regret yeah, not they regret homeschooling. Not homeschooling. I know, I thought that was, that was quite life-affirming. Gillian Galwan, bad-mouthing the ex to. Oh. Now, that's one for me. Uh, you know, I, oh. I would go so far as to I say... I love that you yeah, regret I love that, that you recognise that. Because that's I think amazing. this is a huge problem. Bad-mouthing any ex, regardless of what they've done, to your child is only going to damage your child. 
And yourself. It's not going to And yourself. Yeah, and, your, and yourself. But most, you know, I was told most of my childhood that my dad was boring and all this kind of stuff. Now, as it so happens, my relationship never ignited or, or resurrected itself. But I, rem, I know as a grown-up regretting, you know, wishing that my mum hadn't said that. And I regretted that being the description of him because it's why I spent most of my life worrying I was bored. Can I ask bored. you something? Well, no, worrying I was boring. Can I ask you something? You look so severe when you do the No, no, because it just made me think of something. So Gillian Gals says she regrets bad-mouthing. We don't know how old her child is. So I think it would be helpful if you could say what you would like from your mum, because it's too late. She's already done it. It's too late. What possibly could your mum say now to help ease just a bit of, of, of the damage that did to you? Explain to me fully, because what this is about is that the reason most people or exes bad-mouth their exes to their children is because they're fearing they're insufficient for mm. that child. They're fearing that the child will perhaps leave them or not will find them boring. I really, I mean, and this is the sadness of being an absent dad. I recognise the challenge that there is to the mum. And that was your fear because you didn't know whether that those kind of things were being said about you to your children. No, no, absolutely. I went through this from the other end of the spectrum. Now, I, I would go so far as to say even more than that. I think it's not... You don't only have to badmouth an ex to a child for it to be damaging. You can also simply, by omission, never promote anything reasonable about an ex. So what could she do to just to just maybe... Talk, well, first of all, if you've got issues with your ex, talk to someone else, a grown-up, anyone else, because mm. you need to get it out, absolutely. But do not get it out to your child. If you're, if you're, if you have a relationship with your child where you feel you can sort of undo things, I would acknowledge at some point that perhaps you've made a bit of a mistake. You it's amazing have done that. that you've admitted it. The fact it. that you've said that to it's us amazing. means you probably could say it to your child. Yeah. So, um, what sort of sit them down and say, yeah, "Listen, at some point, if they're I not too young, or if they if they're too young to understand all of that, just believe me. Slowly stop to do it. Stop doing it, and." With time, they will forget. Yeah. They will forget. And I think you could almost make amends to it. Say they're about three or four and they wouldn't understand what you're talking about, and neither should they. Say if you were to just stop now, by the time five, six, you could say to yourself in your head, I'm not going to bad mouth anymore. Ever but by again. the time they get to five, six or seven, things will be less heat heated. Things will mm. be less hot between you and your ex. You might be able to get to a point where you can even make amends, not to your ex, but to your child by sort of suggesting every now and then, oh, do you want to go and speak to daddy for a bit more? Or do you want to go, do you want to see? Mm. You could almost go the other way and undo the damage because some of this shit as a parent is about us making mistakes. And with all due respect, listener, about then madly trying to cover the mistake. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with recognising you've done something wrong and going into a bit of a personal blind panic of how do I actually change this? Because you can change it. So I would I would recommend that if you've been doing it a bit drip, 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 critical up until now, stop. If they're too young to tell, just let time pass and over time start to be more favourable towards your ex with your child and it will undo the damage. Should we flick through a few more? Just Final ones here. I yeah. just realised it's Father's Day this weekend. Maybe next weekend yeah. we should do the father. What makes a good dad? Um, my five-year-old son hearing and seeing fights between myself and his dad before we split. Yeah. Yeah, they're deep. We, our children have seen us have terrible, Rouse. terrible arguments, but what we always do is make sure that they see us make up. And, and actually, we did a podcast on this a few weeks ago, so maybe listen to that one. It was really interesting listening to yeah. the children's point of view. Yeah. 
Um, Here's one from Melly Jelly. Keeping my children clean seriously gave my oldest OCD of five oh, years old. Oh, sweetie. Aww. And that was you wanting to protect and protect and protect. Yeah. And I think that's, it, that's very apt as well for coronavirus mm, at the moment because mm, I think we've all gone into a blind panic around Well, my friend was and, saying that her friend's son had a complete and utter meltdown in the playground the other day because a girl touched him. Right. So that's it's a very scary time. Uh, Kel being overly controlling, even though it was meant to be protective. Hindsight. Aww, yeah, it's a fine sweetie. line, isn't it? And you can... I think with all of these, it's really worth just saying to your child, acknowledging what you did, saying you regret it, and giving them a big hug and a kiss. Yeah. To have people's feet. Oh, my God. If my mum and dad would just say anything of the things that I think that they did wrong and just acknowledge it, validate it, and give me a hug and a kiss, it would be amazing for me. Can I say one of the nicest things I see generally in families is when all sort of convivial around a dining table, it's a birthday or something like that, it's a bit of alcohol in some of the members of the family, some of the kids are there, all generations. You know, there's lovely moments, often at Christmas, sometimes they're not this perfect, but there's always a moment where pretty much everyone's on a, on, on, on the same page it's really nice if you're the sort of what i would describe as the linchpin parents say a bit like we're finding ourselves to be in our family you know we're the parents of four girls fam- their families all kind of rotate around us if you in those social situations with great humor and self-effacement uh, take the piss out of yourselves as to where you went wrong i've noticed maddie and kiki love it they love it when they can run yeah. and caricature. And they yeah. feel, because what it basically says is it's more than just having a, a fun time and laughing at our expense as parents. It gives children validation yeah. about their sense of things. Yeah. So Maddie always says to me, actually, in her down, you know, in moments of great intimacy where we're talking about stuff, so she said, Yeah, but dad, it's really good with you versus some other dads she's heard. She says, You will say when you've been yeah. an ass or you will admit that you've been over the top about someone who's been horrible to me. She said, You recognize that. And I think that's really important. But it can be A, because it, it, it gives them validation validation to their feelings you're saying to them that instinct that you had that this wasn't right was Was right right. was right because the worst thing you can do is to not let your children experiment and feel their instinct because it's what will keep them safe all through their life i think it's really really important that final one d barton mum is one of our key followers there not spending quality time playing with my children we've discussed that but you refer to that when they were little like i play with my grandchildren which of course for parents like us is the next thought isn't it but that's so wonderful because you are doing yes. that and your and your child will see that and your child won't, won't know about how much you played or not so good on you you're doing a good job i just realized what the sequel series to this podcast series will be what? confessions of a modern grandparents, grandparents. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I've really enjoyed that That's chat. Really, I'm really sorry good. you got upset. No, no. But I think I'm I feel like now. you look like you've got, got a weight off your shoulder now. You look uh, like you've had a bit of a cathartic moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've wet myself though. Oh, Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Listen, guys, we'd love it if you would vote for us. Oh, yes. And the Listener's Award. Listener's Podcast Awards. Yeah, for 2020. We'd really, really love that. I don't know if we can put the link underneath We'll try and pop the link underneath here. We'd really love that because we would really love a chance for a nomination. So if you do enjoy our podcast and you can take the time to vote for us, we'd, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. 
And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>